Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, No commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Solomon's Talk was designed to curate the stories of solo moms globally. As a facilitator of this platform, I aim to create a peaceful environment where you can share your heart, feel loved, and get the advice you need. So if this sounds like you, why not RSVP for our next virtual meetup? The link is below. It's where you can retreat from the chaos of your life so you can recharge, connect with other moms, and get answers to your burning questions. Remember, you're not alone and you don't have to parent in silence. Okay, so my guest today is Nancy Belcher, CEO and co-founder of Winona Health. Thank you for talking to me today, Nancy. Yes. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Sure. So before we get into our topic of discussion, tell us who you are. Well, my name is Nancy Belcher. I am a scientist. I have a PhD in biochemistry. I studied hormones in graduate school and in my postdoc. And I spent most of my life as a scientist and a professor of biology. And Recently, in the last year, I launched a company called buywinona.com. It's not like buy, buy something. It's like I stand by you. So buywinona.com. And what we do is we sell hormone replacement therapy for women that are in perimenopause and menopause. And the reason that I reached out to you, Jen, was because I read the bio of your, your show. And one of the big issues for women that are in their late 30s, 40s, and then into their 50s is that they've got this huge drop in hormones that very few people talk about and very few doctors, unfortunately, really give much credence to. Like, oh, you should just be able to bear it, endure it. But now as moms are having their children later in life, their menopause symptoms from this drop in hormones is overlapping with their kids going through puberty. And so I like to say you have sort of a house of hormones. and. So, I mean, if you think about puberty and all of the things that you went through with puberty, think about menopause and perimenopause as puberty in reverse. Mm -hmm. And so here you've got two sort of colliding worlds and there's not a lot of information out there about how to manage it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I guess you can imagine that, you know, for someone like me, all of this is familiar. So tell us what what is menopause exactly? Yeah. So 
thank you for bringing me back to that because you know how in your life you get sort of submerged in something and you just sort of <laughs> start talking about it like the whole rest of the world knows everything about it. Yeah. So when you're about 35, your hormones, they call them sex hormones. So for women, it's estrogen and, tes- excuse me, estrogen and progesterone that they talk about most of the time. But women also produce testosterone, which most people think of as that male hormone that men use to get big muscles. Right. And But women need testosterone too. And so these three hormones that our body makes and is so reliant on, they drop at about 35. Now, estrogen is and progesterone are both those hormones that make you have a menstrual cycle. So every month, those two hormones and testosterone too go up and down and you remember what that felt like. Some weeks, all you could think about was eating chocolate. And then other weeks, you just felt incredibly bloated and didn't want to get out of bed. So That was thanks to estrogen and progesterone. So when we went through puberty, those hormones went up and we developed breasts. We developed hair under our arms. You know, we got those curves. I didn't get the curves that some of my girlfriends got, but most most of the girls got curves. The boys got muscles and everybody was happy. But then you hit about 35 and those hormones naturally drop. That's just what our body does. But when those hormones drop, there's about 130 symptoms of what happens when those hormones drop. And there's that ongoing joke all the time when people joke about hot flashes. Oh, she's having hot flash. And yes, hot flash is a symptom of menopause, but there's so many others that people aren't aware of. And the one that I wasn't aware of and the one that caused me to really start diving deep into menopause and perimenopause was I gained almost 50 pounds in a year. And so my metabolism just pooped out. It was just gone. And Mm -hmm. I always took a lot of pride in being an athlete and being really active. And suddenly I had this body that was not doing what I was asking it to do. Like I remember... I couldn't even really bend over to tie my shoes like I used to. It's so embarrassing to admit. But I gained it all in my belly, right? And I gained Mm -hmm. it in a way that was so different than I used to gain weight in the past. And so now I kind of had this man bod. And I had people at work ask me if I was pregnant. It was bad. And then the other thing that happened to me was I just couldn't sleep. So I would just wake up in a sweat at night. I was super anxious. I felt like my skin was crawling all the time. And all of that was because of this drop in hormones. And my family, so I have five sons and my sons were left saying, what is going on with you? You have... Mm. I had one of my sons who's pretty outspoken tell me I just lost my mind and kind of in a way I had, right? Mm -hmm. So with this drop in hormones, you have sort of this brain fog. Women talk about brain fog a lot. You then you, you become sort of impatient and anxious and stressful. And so if we can get those hormones normalized so we can get them not back to where we were when we were, say, 18, but keep them from just going up and down and up and down like during our monthly cycle, then we can start to sort of stabilize some of these other things. And I was able to get my weight gain under control. I feel a lot more steady. And what's great is that it's a very safe, natural, and effective way to deal with menopause symptoms. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. So basically you're saying that menopause is natural, right? Yes. Number one. Number two, but it comes with certain symptoms. Right. 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 And those symptoms are caused by dropping certain hormones. Mm-hmm. Am I getting it right? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I remember one time 
during my mid-30s, I think it was, I was, I got angry easily, and I would throw things, and I was nasty, and I was horrible, I was not this person, and then after that, I would be ashamed, mm -hmm. and it went on for a time, and I, I had to review it and look at it, and I realized I was starting menopause. Yes. Is that, is that something quite normal? Yes, and so thank you for saying how old you were when that happened, too, because if you if you google it it'll say menopause starts at in the united states it starts in women when they're about 51 and and that you might read some things that say black women have menopause earlier asian women have menopause later you know that's not statistically relevant so if you read it i don't really believe it it's about 51 for all of us but what women don't know is that that perimenopause so that before menopause can happen 10 years before. And so let's say that you hit menopause when you were 48. So when you were 38, you were in perimenopause and you didn't even know it. And so perimenopause symptoms are the same as menopause symptoms. People just don't talk about it. Some of my girlfriends have menopause symptoms that I was, I thankfully didn't suffer from. But one is that vaginal dryness and uncomfortable sex. Mm -hmm. And so that can really destroy relationships where, you know, we, we have these ads on TV all the time for erectile dysfunction, right? Take the little blue pill and the guy will be happy forever. But their partner might not be interested because it hurts, right? So they're at the same stage of life, but the man has an easy solution to their issue. But the woman is like, you know, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that happens with menopause is if you don't have regular intercourse, your vagina actually shrinks and gets smaller and makes it even more uncomfortable to have sex. So it's this sort of cycle of this uncomfortable sex that may, can really damage relationships. So, and it's uncomfortable to talk to your doctor about that. You know, who wants to, yeah. especially if your doctor's a man, it's really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. The complication of being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you and I are fortunate because we have boys. Yes. I have three sons. You have five uh, sons. I was scared of having girls because I saw the way teenage girls acted, right? I'm mm -hmm. understanding now that a lot of it is not just them acting out, right? Right. But but it's hormonal. Talk to the mom, the solo mom right now with a teenage daughter acting out. Yeah. So I like to say people are always impressed when I say I have five sons. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but five sons equals one daughter. And I say <laughs> that because I have six nieces and uh. I'm close with and I and I watch my brother and sisters uh, deal with it. So, you know, I, the strategy I would take and I've taken with my sons, but I think it's even more relevant with daughters is that you talk about hormones and you talk about the variation in hormones and, and that it is normal and it is natural, but that doesn't mean it should be ignored. Like so many times when people say, oh, it's natural, that to me says ignore it. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you should ignore it. It means that you need to embrace it and learn more about it. So for the daughters, I would really, and I actually wrote an article about this and I can share that with you, Jen, if you want it, is about how to talk to your daughter about hormones so that as she moves through her life and not just teenage mm -hmm. years, but in those reproductive years where, I mean, I don't know how your menstrual cycle was, but mine was kind of a disaster. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of looking forward to menopause until I realized, oh my gosh, it's a whole new world of issues. 
So I would sit with my daughter. I would first, I, of course, I would educate myself about what we were going to talk about. But then I would say, look, we're in the same place. We suffer from similar symptoms. Let's get through this together. Let's talk openly about it. And let's try and find some resolution. And for the daughters, boy, would I have loved to have had a mom that would have talked to me openly about any stage of my female reproductive life. But anytime I asked my mom, it was, oh, I don't remember. That's what she would say all the time. I don't remember. Like when I was pregnant the first time, hey, mom, is, is delivering a baby really that uncomfortable? Oh, I don't know. They just knocked me out. I don't remember. That was all I got. Mm. So then when I asked her about menopause, she says, oh, it was fine. I don't know. It's fine. Whereas I just suffered. So I think getting yeah. that empathy and talking honestly, and even if menopause was easy for you or you don't remember going through puberty, just being really open about it. You know, hormones and menstrual cycles and menopause, they're all these taboo topics. And it's our job as women to embrace them and talk about them everywhere where we have somebody's ear. And that includes our work life. So we had one patient that said that she could never in a million years say to her boss, I have to go home because I'm having really severe menstrual complications or I'm having really severe menopause Mm -hmm. symptoms. I mean, who's ever said that, right? Yeah. Especially to a male boss. And so you have to be able to run that risk. And then there was another patient that said she was in a meeting and with a whole bunch of guys and she was in the middle of talking and she got this horrible hot flash, which I don't know if you got hot flashes, Mm -hmm. but I did to the point where I had to bring in a change of clothes to work. That's how bad they were. Yeah. Yeah. And so this woman in particular said in the middle of the meeting, oh, pause, I'm having a hot flash. And the guys just looked at her like, you're a nut job. And then there were a couple of women in the room and she got through it and she finished the meeting and everything. She walked out and she not only was approached by the women, but a few of the men and they said, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the table to just be honest about what you're going through. So we have to change the narrative at work too, because when you look at when menopause happens in the forties and in the fifties, that's when women are typically at the apex of their career, right? That's where they potentially could make the most money they'll ever make in their lives and hopefully save some things for retirement or their kids college. But you have this, this medical situation going on because the symptoms are real. That's being addressed and it you know some people say that talking about menopause at work is is career suicide i disagree Mm. i think we have to be really open about it and uh just change the narrative yeah i I think that fears out but the the fact that our mothers either didn't know any better and couldn't help us you know doesn't doesn't excuse us from helping the one the younger generation the, the the daughters in our lives so to speak because as you say the men doctor aren't really interested in your symptoms you know right you're there with heart flash and a heart attack and they're like yeah take a pill and go home Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. some rest you know so we have to take control of that and i'm and i'm glad you're doing that and and helping us out for for a long time i didn't want to talk about my period because i just felt like it was private right but then I realized one of our most popular episodes was about the cycle, our, our menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. And so people want to know, women want to know about those things. And so I appreciate you bringing this out. And, you know, I'm glad you're here to talk about it. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, sure. So tell me, we have problems, <laughs> hot flashes and 
hormone imbalance that causes us to act differently. What's the solution? Do we just change our mindset? Like, how do we handle it? Well, first, and thank you for asking that question. So hormone replacement therapy is one way that we can reduce the symptoms of menopause. And so like you said earlier, menopause is not a disease that should be cured, but the symptoms can be relieved and alleviated so that you can improve your quality of life. I mean, there's no reason to suffer through perimenopause and menopause, which can take about 20 years to get through. So if somebody said to you, oh, the trajectory of your life, you're going to have 20 years that you just have to suffer through. Oh, thank you for that. No. So as women empower ourselves and say no. Now there is a whole bunch of misinformation on the internet about the dangers of hormone replacement therapy. And so, like I said at the beginning, I'm a scientist. I worked at a research institution here in Seattle. I'm located in Seattle uh, for my postdoc, which is, you know, the period of time after you get your PhD. And from that same institution, there was a study that came out called the Women's Health Initiative. And that came out in 2002. And it was a really unique study because it included 161,000 women from across the United States, 40 different sites, and they were studying aging in women. And it was the first of its kind. And it was it was applauded because the federal government gave money for researchers to finally study women as they age. Previously, it had always been male-focused studies. Mm-hmm. So it was a great breakthrough, not only funding, but a research project. So everybody waited and was super excited for the results of this study that it was released in 2002, but it started in the 90s. It was a 10-year longitudinal study. And my mom was actually a part of that research study. And uh, I remember her little packets that she would get, you know, being on the countertops and see the logo and stuff and think, oh, my mom's part of the Women's Health Initiative. That's interesting. In 2002, without putting the data out for peer review, which you always have to do as a scientist. You have to have your fellow scientists review what you did and say, oh yeah, you did it right. Or they might say, "Mm, that wasn't a very well conceived study. I, I don't think you can publish that. Without going through that protocol of having your fellow scientists review it, they released the findings to the media. And the media just took it and ran with it. And what they said in 2002 was that taking hormone replacement therapy will increase your risk of breast cancer. It'll increase the risk of blood clots and a series of other statements that were not true if you actually look at the data, but the way that they crunched their numbers, it was kind of true, but not what we would call in science statistically significant. And so now when you Google it, if you type in hormone replacement therapy, therapy, you'll see that over and over and over again. Now in 2004, those scientists retracted much of what they said and they tried to correct the misinformation, but nobody listens to that, right? Right, right, right. And I would like to add too that the, the hormones that they used in that study were actually hormones that were from pregnant horses' urine. And so it, I know it was called Premarin. They still use it. It's, it's not a dangerous hormone really, but horses have 21 different types of estrogen that you can extract from their urine. Human women have three. And so they were pumping human women with 21 types of estrogen. And they were saying, oh, well, if you take hormone replacement therapy, you're going to get X, Y, and Z. Well, the hormones that we provide today are not from pregnant horses. It's from yams. It's identical to what your body produces. And so studies that were done previously on different types of hormone really don't apply to what we're providing today. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. I've been been offered 
hormone replacement therapy. And truth is, I said no because I yeah. didn't want anything strange in my body. Right. But I but I have used a progesterone cream, mm-hmm. which I'm not really sure it worked or not because you know I still was that for um, <laughs> was that for like calming effect. Was that for like uh, sleep? Yeah, it was yeah. for sleep because yeah. I, I had problems sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if it works. So I just kind of grin and bear the hot flashes. I, they mostly yeah. happen at night. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Night, I, night do, I do this yeah. with my sheets. You know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, fans are a great friend, right? <laughs> so I, I have a fan going every night, mostly just because I kind of like the noise and I like the movement of the air. I don't like that stagnant air in my room. The other thing is wearing cotton. Cotton is super helpful. Like I don't, I don't wear sweaters anymore. I haven't worn sweaters since I was in my early forties, just because of the temperature variations, mm-hmm. layering your sleeping, uh, your bedding, right? So you can just throw yeah. off one layer, but at least have another one. Some people have those cooling pillows that can be really helpful. I saw one that you actually put in the freezer and then when you're ready to go to bed, you take it out, which Sounds like a lot of work for me, but Mm -hmm. there's, there's other things that can trigger hot flashes. So one thing is spicy foods, uh, which is unfortunate because my family loves spicy foods. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Another is uh, alcohol. And the, the, the one that was helpful for me was sort of just finding a moment in time, a few moments in time during the day to just bring it down a notch. And sometimes that was just closing my office door. Other times that was just saying, I need to just go for a walk and on the walk, not look at my phone, not mm-hmm. multitask, like just sort of be present and just, just bring my level down. Cause what happens is there's another hormone that's called cortisol. And I'm sure you've heard about it. People are talking yes. about it a ton now. We call it the stress hormone. And back when I was a professor, the analogy that I used to give the students about cortisol was it's that hormone that your body releases if you're like in the jungle and a tiger comes at you and you go, oh, hell, he's going to eat me. Sorry, can I swear? Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to swear? He's going to eat me. And so all of a sudden, cortisol just goes through the roof and you can jump higher, run faster yell louder than you've ever been able to do. And that's because cortisol is sort of like your superpower. It's your kryptonite for a minute or two. But what happens in current society and the state of affairs in our world right now is that if you get cut off in traffic or somebody says something that maybe wasn't very pleasant at the Costco, your cortisol shoots up like a tiger just jumped at you. Mm-hmm. And so you live in this chronic level of elevated cortisol, elevated stress. Yeah. And that partially during menopause is because you don't have the other hormones to buffer the cortisol. So when we were like 30, progesterone, which we call the calming hormone, it helps you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Progesterone's dropped during menopause. In our 30s, it was higher. Our estrogen was more normal. And that kind of buffered the effect of maybe rising cortisol. Now we don't have the buffer for cortisol anymore. And so, you know, feeling like you're yelling, like you said earlier, part of that is because your cortisol is out of control because the other hormones are out of control. Okay. All right. Thank you. I have one silly question. So a lot of times when I'm hot, yeah. I feel I feel like I'm cooking inside. Yeah. Like I can be microwave. Yeah. Are hot flashes dangerous? I mean, do they cause us our bodies any damage by just being hot? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So what happens is when your hormones are thrown off, you have this little gland in your brain that's about the size of the 
top of your pinky finger, but it's a super powerful gland. And that gland helps regulate your your temperature of your body. And so making heat for your body, it's called thermogenesis. And that's how you make heat in your body. So if you go skiing or you're in a cold environment, that little gland in your brain says, because it's got a little temperature going on and it says, we need to start pushing out some heat. We need to start to shake to get some heat. We need to do some self-saving, self-serving mechanisms to try and keep us alive. So when that thermostat gets thrown off, our body starts reacting really strangely. And that thermostat gets thrown off in menopause. And that's why everybody talks about night sweats and hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And so when our body thinks that it's too hot because our thermostat is off, all of a sudden there's this flush and my face gets super red. Like somebody just slapped me in the face. My neck, gets this weird, like banding almost. It looks like, I don't know. It's weird. And then of course I sweat and that's our body misunderstanding what's going on in our environment around us because our hormones are off. Now there were some studies that were done that said that women that have uncontrolled hot flashes that are really, really severe have a higher incidence of heart disease. And one of our physicians that works with us at, at Winona wrote a really great article about that as well. Now, there is some data about it. I don't think it's really conclusive data. The other thing is that what they don't know is if you get those hot flashes under control, so sometimes women have hot flashes 10 times a day. Hot flashes can last between three seconds and 10 minutes. I was more about the five-minute person. Mm -hmm. So what we don't know is if we decrease the hot flashes because we replace the hormones with hormone replacement therapy, does that help your heart disease status? We don't have that answer. But what we do know is that hormone replacement therapy can help prevent chronic disease like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, certain kinds of cancers, obesity, on and on and on. So hormone replacement therapy can decrease the hot flashes and improve your quality of life. We also know that women that take hormone replacement therapy live on average six years longer than women that don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. All right. So how can we get in touch with you and, you know, buy Winona? Yeah. So we're by Winona. So again, it's like buy like I stand by you, Jen, not uh, by this, right? Bywinona.com. And we're on the internet. We have a ton of articles that have been written by myself and other healthcare experts. And we'd love to have people take a look at By Winona. I email is nancy at bywinona.com. So again, nancy, just N-A-N-C-Y at bywinona.com. And I would love to hear from your listeners and answer any questions that they might have. We are opening in Illinois soon, New York soon. We're in five states right now, and we haven't even been around a year yet. So we're trying hard to get into all the states. It's a little hard sometimes to... Right. Every state has its own set of rules, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Oh, wow. Thank you. And I'll put the links in the show notes so people can reach out to you. So basically, you're just in the U.S. right now. Yes. And in and just certain states. Right, right. Okay. All right. Yeah, but I would invite women to read the blogs. We've got almost 300 okay. blogs about most of what we talked about today. And and if if they read the blogs and there's still further questions, I'd love to hear because I'm always looking for input on what's confusing, what do they misunderstand about menopause. And so I would really love to hear from your listeners about what else we can write about to help empower women during this really, it's, it's a really challenging phase of life that not very many people want to talk about. 
So. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Oh, we get laughed at, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what is Nancy grateful for today? Well, I'm grateful to be on your show, of course. <laughs> Thank you. My new friend, Jen, who has yes. an accent I can't place. I'm, you know, honestly, I'm grateful for my five sons. Somebody asked me the other day if I could embrace any moment in time as my most treasured moment in time throughout my life, what would that be? And I had to say my last holiday just, you know, a few weeks ago with my boys because we're healthy, we're well, we're together. And I don't think there's anything better than that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm not going to keep you much longer. I appreciate you coming, talking to me today. Anything else? No, I just want to express my gratitude for you letting me come on and, and chat. Sure. Thank you very much. I'm sure this is a useful topic for a lot of my audience. Great. We're raising teens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're you're both going through the same thing. One's going forward, one's doing it in reverse. Mm -hmm. And you can be aligned, right? Rather than yes. battling. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Dr. Okay. Benjamin. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Are you still setting New Year's resolutions only to ditch it halfway through January? Or are you struggling to keep up with life because it seems you've lost control? Sign up for Successful Goal Setting Strategies for Solo Moms and let me walk you through setting up a plan for your life based on your birthday. Join the waitlist below and put a plan in place so you can have joy in the middle of life's chaos. Remember, you're not alone and you don't have to parent in silence. Hello, Solo Moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you you can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.